0: Welcome to The Last Jedi on the Left podcast. I'm your host Aaron and for this week's episode I'm joined by my friend and fellow film enthusiast Joe.
1: Hello, thank you for having me on Aaron.
0: That's all right, so um, uh, this one we're doing the uh, the BAFTAs which as we sat here talking took place yesterday. Yep. Um, so basically just, just wanted to, to run through it and give our thoughts on who won? Who we thought should have won? You know, any anything else around those uh, those categories, and and basically the show in general. I thought the show was was fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about this earlier because I thought this might crop up. Um, I I don't know about you, but like with these ceremonies, I kind of started paying attention uh, around the COVID period. Yeah. So it. I'm still not quite sure whether I've ever seen a fully fledged show ceremony like this. Right. Okay. Because I think they're still finding their feet a little bit.
0: Yeah, it feels. I, so I have watched the BAFTAs for quite a while now, quite a few years. I mean, I'd love to watch the Oscars as well, but it's usually I'm in the middle of the night and I can't be asked. Yeah. Um, so watch the BAFTAs, and I've watched it. Like I say, it was. It used to be Stephen Fry, and. I think he kind of just made it look quite effortless. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now he doesn't do it anymore. We had a few years of Joanna Lumley and she was pretty good. But then since then, it's, like you say, COVID and they've kind of not really settled on a proper format again yet. I I can't
1: even remember the Stephen Fry ones, but now you say it, yeah, it does ring a bell that he used to present them. Um, I think, yeah, it was all just a bit of a hodgepodge through the the COVID years. And uh, it's funny because I was... This is a bit of a side note, but I was a clip came up on Twitter last night, and it was for the Brit Awards. Okay, and it was uh, Queen, and it was Freddie Mercury's final public appearance. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but uh, it was at the Brit Awards. They took home uh, the you know the Lifetime Achievement kind of award. Yeah, yeah. But it was so like jarring to see an award ceremony back then. It was very, very played straight, very prestigious, very you know this is to celebrate your body of work and, you know, everybody's there in their best dress and everything like that. And I feel like now they're kind of trying to turn them into a bit more like entertainment shows in themselves.
0: Yeah, Um, I I think I see what you mean with
1: that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff last night, like the opening segment and all that, I don't know. It's a bit awkward for me.
0: Yeah, it's a bit weird because, like, I I, I guess I feel like the Oscars are probably a little bit me, I haven't, like, say I haven't watched it in a few years, mm. not for well, a long time now. But um, it always kind of feels like that was probably leaning a little bit more into the, like you say, the, the prestigious sort of we take ourselves a bit too seriously. Up until you know, yeah. some bloke gets up and slaps another bloke <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do get yeah. that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like I say, this is more leaning towards the almost like the sort of, uh, what would like, MTV music movie awards that kind of definitely it's a, bit yeah. of a, show, yeah. a bit more of a variety show, a bit more of a. Which is fine. At yeah, at the end of yeah. the day, it, it I, would be I, I, it would be pretty dry if it was just two or three hours of people getting up and going. Yeah,
1: that that's the thing. It's like it's finding the balance. I, I do like Richard E. Grant. I think I think it was quite nice actually that you could clearly see in him as well that he was a bit nervous. But I think it also that it, that shows it kind of meant something to him because I mean he's such a prestigious actor himself. He's been up on stage many many times, but you could see that that moment for him meant a lot as well, which I thought was quite a nice sort of touch. Yeah. Uh, And I thought he did, you know, did fine. So yeah, I thought, I thought it was pretty good. It was definitely better than, I don't know. Did you see last year's with the rebel Wilson? Oh, I was going to say it
0: was like the rebel Wilson one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, That was, yeah, it was a bit, bit, but that's the Ricky Gervais effect, isn't it as well? It's that kind of, let's get somebody in to rip the room apart. And it works sometimes, but it's just like law of diminishing returns a bit, I think. And, uh, yeah, it was nice just to get back to a, a proper sort of ceremony, I thought, as well. That's uh, it, because I think
0: he... he like you said, he you he mentioned that he did kind of look a little bit nervous at yeah. times, but uh, I think he, he treads that line well between taking it quite seriously. You know, these are still the yeah. ones that people obviously spend millions trying to get, effectively. Yeah. But also, I'm here for a bit of a laugh as well. You know, we're it's, it's yeah. here to enjoy yeah. ourselves.
1: I think he owned it as well, didn't he? He knew that he was a bit... Shake at the start and everything like that but he, he he took control of it i thought i thought he was a decent host yeah i thought it was yeah i thought it was pretty six seven out of ten show yeah i thought it was yeah. not bad not bad
0: the um the musical numbers were interesting
1: yeah again it's always that attempt to be as eclectic as pro- possible i think sometimes and
0: yeah it was just like i didn't i don't think either them were bad the arianna really no. was one at the start was a little bit odd because she had this kind of podge pudge of songs and also she was trying to dance and run around and to be honest by the end of it she looked absolutely fucking knackered like she was blowing out <laughs> her ass a little bit um, and, and yeah, then trying she to was also sing
1: loads of references as well wasn't she yeah and she had
0: like mentioned loads of women that yeah. were obviously nominated her stuff and that was like it's it's a good effort but this is maybe yeah not the well thought through yeah. and then and then the other one was uh, I think it's Little Sims yeah 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 Um Shell and I like my wife she turned around to me and she went She's obviously a really good singer, but this like she feels like she's rapping and singing over a completely different song than what's actually being yeah. played in the background. It's just very bizarre.
1: Yeah, it's one of them things that probably works great in the studio, but it, that's brave doing it as a live performance on something like the Baftas. But uh, yeah, I mean, clearly everyone involved there was really talented. I just don't know if that quite worked. And that's the thing; they just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Sometimes I know you've got to have musical numbers and. Stuff like that, but it's it just—they're it, attempting so much to be like novel with whatever they present, like you've never seen this before, kind of thing. Yeah, it just felt a little bit like those. Both of those performances were a little bit like that, but yeah, I, I, I was grateful that they didn't dominate the show though as well. No, um, I feel like, like I said, for the
0: one or two times I ever have stayed up and watched the Oscars, it has been like, oh, we've we've got another music. because yeah. like on that they have like every song that's nominated as well or whatever
1: yeah because like with the oscars last year obviously it got dominated by the incident um but in between that there was so many little skits and they had different um presenters coming on at different times you know like the the actual host was like rotated around by different people and then you'd got segments like the 50th anniversary godfather segment which got dominated by what had happened five minutes earlier with, with Will Smith, unfortunately, for that segment. But yeah, it was just all these things. Then they had the Pulp Fiction one. You probably saw clips of that. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, could we just like get on with the show a little bit? So I didn't feel like that last night. Just um, feel like the, the
0: batters have got the balance a little better. Yeah, yeah. 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 After a while you are just sitting there going, okay, who who is the best boy? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, we'll move on to um move on to the awards that were given out um, I'll, I'll bring up the ones that because obviously they have so many that aren't mentioned in the actual
1: yeah show as such below the line yeah, that the... yeah yeah
0: that sounds about right so um I'll run through those we've got best British short film Which uh, uh, I I didn't't uh, watch any of them I'm not gonna lie there uh, was just bringing them up Ballad no. of Olive Morris, Baz Bazzy Gaga, Bus Girl, A Drifting Up, and An Irish Goodbye. Uh, I saw some of them were on YouTube, I just never got around to it, to be honest. Uh, and congratulations to An Irish Goodbye, I assume you were the best one.
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah. No, uh, that, might s- on that, that might be the second smallest category in terms of where I would end up watching. So you've got British, so that's already sort of... Uh, narrowing the part a little bit. Then it's a short. <laughs> and then the only one I can think more that you could throw on is the animation. And there is a best British short animation. Well, well, yeah, uh, bring, we bringing to... it to the
0: next one. Um, <laughs> so I, have, I actually did watch all three of these. Oh, okay. Um, because think? two of them were on, U- on the after YouTube channel and another one was on the iPlayer. Right. Uh, so you've got middle watch, uh, your mountain is waiting, and the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse, the thief, and his lover? Yep. <laughs> um, and the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse won. Um it's fine. It was uh it felt a lot like it was trying to be the snowman to me. Because it was released over here over Christmas. Right. It's all very cute and very family friendly and I have seen the there.
1: cover, it looked very much like that animation as well.
0: Yeah, like incredibly well done, incredibly well animated. The voice cast is brilliant, you know, but it's just a bit like Bearing in mind, I think I watched that third as well. And I watched middle watch first. I, mean, I just preferred middle watch, but i oh, okay. in the on a sub or on a ship and he has to get up and in the middle of the night to do his watch. And that's kind of the... Uh,
1: conclusion maybe?
0: Found, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I found it a little bit more interesting. But uh, congratulations, too.
1: One thing I will say on that is, did you catch the tiny little clip of uh, the guy's acceptance speech for that? Because it was probably the funniest moment of the whole show. No, I must have missed that. It's a guy. I, I won't say who it was because I'm not entirely sure. Because there's always loads of people involved with these animations. But uh, he got up and he looked great. But he, he said to, he went to his tailor or something the day before, and he said, "I, I need help for the uh, for the following night." And the tailor turned around and said, "Yes, you do." <laughs> <laughs> that was quite funny. <laughs> That's
0: a pretty good one. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then, moving into the categories we actually probably know a little bit more about. Uh, best sound, I've got up next. Uh, yep. Nominees were all Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar Two, Elvis, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick, and All Quiet on the Western Front won. Yeah, so, interesting one. I don't have a lot to say. To be fair, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if Top Gun had won. Yeah,
1: I'm just yeah. I will get onto it probably in a bit more detail later. I haven't actually still seen Avatar. Um, I've seen the other th- four. Yeah. It's one of those where I wouldn't have been surprised if the music biopic won with best sound. That, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think my pick would have probably been the winner. I think there's some impressive sound working you know, all quite on the Western Front, to be fair. Or Top Gun Maverick, which you are,
0: know, yeah, the Cloud Plains and that in it yeah
1: yeah yeah they're very loud, yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: so uh but yes, um yeah. production design uh this is this is one where Joe gets to enjoy himself, uh not <laughs> quite on the western front, the batman Babylon Elvis, and Guillermo del toro's pinocchio, and who yeah. won the, the winner was
1: oh uh it was a very deserving win for uh Babylon, which was uh one of the more underappreciated films of the year. Yeah. <laughs> one of us thinks.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you enjoyed Babylon a lot more than I did. I think we'll... we'll I did. Leave it there for that one, I think. I'm saying yeah. that maybe this is the moment because I don't think we're going to get to talk about it much else.
1: No, and honestly, if it hadn't won. I, I mean, I'm one of them. It, it, it's such an erratic kind of film. I just admire that kind of filmmaking. I'm not surprised it was overlooked by so many of these categories for both the BAFTAs, the Oscars and whatever else is going on at the moment. I, I'm not, I wouldn't have even been surprised if you hadn't a for that. I think yeah. the Batman's a fair show, actually. To I'll be honest,
0: there's a lot of the technical ones for me. Um, I can't necessarily tell you where production design ends and well, like production design and costume design and cinematography where one really ends and one begins. Like how much is one person doing that another person is doing? Yeah. To yeah, me, no. is a little bit... I, I struggle a little bit with that. So it was fine. It, like I say, it looked really... Like it was a brilliant-looking film. I'm not going to argue that. I think... Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Pinocchio is obviously a, a one that's, that's designed that's in a completely a point, yeah. different way, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, again, Guillermo made reference to that uh, in his speech. He said... Um, you know, thank you for nominating this film in various other categories, which is an important point, I suppose. Um, That animation always seems to just get its little reference in its own subcategory. Yeah. When actually things like cinematography, things like score, doesn't matter if it's an animation or it's a, a live action film, it, it it can, you know, it can achieve great things in those sort of categories. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 nice. It's in there. It's difficult. Particularly reproduction design though to
0: So, of... production design for that one with it being particularly stop motion, so it is like everything is that's true tangible yeah, puppet work and stuff, isn't it? Just, Yeah, yeah. Rather than yeah. just a computer screen or whatever, but
1: yeah, yeah, that's a fair point, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean so they're, they're all they're all great pieces yes. of work, really.
0: Yeah. Uh the next one, uh original score. Uh yeah. all quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, Banshees of Inishirin. Everything Everywhere All at Once and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. And the winner for this was All Quiet on the Western Front. And I was a little bit shocked by that because I thought it would either be Babylon or maybe Pinocchio.
1: Got to be honest, the if I think of the score, the only one I can think of is that All Quiet on the Western Front of those five. Um, because it was that three note thing, yes. wasn't it? That kind <laughs> of honking. <laughs> And, yeah, it was quite overwhelming in the early stages of the film. But then, you know, you look at the backdrop of what the film's about. It makes sense. Um, Yeah, so I thought it made sense. I can't really honestly think of... I think Banshees had a pretty decent one.
0: I I can't... Yeah, that's another one. I can't really remember the Banshees one. And what you mentioned about the one in All Quiet being a bit overbearing... I feel like that's maybe what kept Babylon actually out. That maybe that was a little bit too over the top. Yeah, yeah. Because um, right? it was it was a sort of very ever prevalent kind of obviously the the Russian music and everything that kind of came in. And yeah, I think that was that
1: such happened. an assault of the senses from exactly. <laughs> yeah, I can't really recall the score that much, but fair um, enough. Yeah, uh,
0: the next one. I found quite interesting. We've got uh, Makeup and Hair is the next one. So, nominees were All quite on the Western Front, Batman, Elvis, Roald Dahls, Matilda the Musical, and The Whale. Um, Elvis won. Yeah. I felt for sure it was going to be The Whale, but also maybe The Batman had an outside chance, given the yeah. Colin Farrell everything that happened with that, you know, we're about, you know, we can go into coffee shops and stuff on the set and people not recognizing him.
1: Yeah. That actually, yeah. I hadn't even thought about the Colin Farrell part of the Batman. I was thinking of all the costume and work, but that would fall under a different category, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah best, best costume design. But uh, yeah, no, that, that, that's a good point. Actually from the, cause I haven't seen the whale, um, but from the shots I've seen of it, it does look a little bit like Brendan Fraser in a, fat suit sometimes yeah whereas
0: and that's perhaps what i thought was going to go against elvis to be fair
1: that's true yeah i mean the elvis thing is like stick on wigs and all sorts of just Tom hanks in a fat suit oh yeah 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 that's yeah but um
0: but yeah i guess that's i suppose it's best makeup in there not most makeup in there so maybe yeah he did look quite a bit like elvis didn't
1: he as you say though the colin farrell thing that would be the performance this year where I think it's half the performance, but equally half the uh, the work, the, the the makeup and hair work. He's unrecognisable in that film. So yeah. you, you can't probably narrow it down to one single piece of work. But yeah, I think actually I would probably give it the Batman based on that.
0: Um, uh, we've also got, what have we got next? Best editing. Uh, nominees, All Quiet on the Western Front. Banshees, a Sheeran, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All At Once, and Top Gun Maverick. Um, I watched a, there's some guys I've kind of been watching a couple of their videos on YouTube, and they did a predictions video, and they were absolutely convinced that Top Gun Maverick was going to win here because Brits seem to love an engine film. It was like Ford versus Ferrari won, and this and that one, and Rush won, and you know, it's got engines in it. Brits love it, apparently. So But uh, Top 1 didn't win and Everything Everywhere All At Once won, which is interesting, I think.
1: I think the right one won.
0: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, It's very clever with the way it's edited, I think, that film. The shots and everything that are in there. So you won't get an argument from me on that one.
1: Yeah, because Everything Everywhere All At Once, it's it's like its title. It is Everything Everywhere All At Once. Um, I probably don't love it as much as You loved it. I think that's fair to say. Um, I don't think we've ever really discussed it too much because it's that film that this year has just been so much in the discourse forever, hasn't it? You know, since it came out at festivals and it's kind of one of the, I want to let it settle a little bit before I go back to it and just let the tide go. But the one thing that you do take away from it is it's phenomenally edited. Yeah. Um, There's so much going on and it, it holds your attention for like two hours and twenty minutes or something like that. So yeah, I think it's really, really good editing.
0: Uh moving on, we got costume design. Uh again, all quiet on the western front, because I think that was just nominated for just about everything, wasn't it, really?
1: Yeah, that was the big one, wasn't it, yeah. for the laughter. Yeah. Uh, Amsterdam,
0: Babylon, Elvis, and Mrs. Harris goes to Paris.
1: Do you want to give Which, us ten minutes on Amsterdam? Amsterdam? Uh,
0: yeah, I thought if I thought Babylon wasn't great, then Amsterdam's <laughs> a worse version of that. Right, right. It's not. It's not even like the same film, really. But they've both got Margo Robbie, in it and they're both set in the like twenties, thirties, forties. You know, a long time ago. Um. So yeah, uh, Amsterdam's a bit of a mess. I guess its costumes are okay. I, if if it had won that, that'd have been shocking. <laughs> yeah. I kind of got a feeling Mrs Harris goes to Paris before. I've not seen that film but it's one of them like why have they picked up on that if they're not gonna
1: Exactly yeah, Bo- both of those Amsterdam and Mrs Harris goes to Paris you're like, they must be in there for a reason Yeah, um, um, turns
0: out Elvis won,
1: yeah. So. yeah. Elvis is very costuming <laughs> I'll give it that Yeah, I
0: guess that I, that's kind of true because uh, he's got a lot of costumes I guess and he, he did wear a Big coloured, you know, white pantsuit, so Yeah I guess. Yeah, sure. a bit in, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, Lots of costume changes. What else <laughs> have we got in this last bit? Uh, best casting uh, was so in that there was After Sun, All Quiet on the Western Front, Elvis, everything everywhere all at once, and Triangle Sadness. Uh, Elvis won it's probably not what I'd have given it to. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I think really, it kind of goes to the, the something we're going to talk about later, I guess, but it could have been either everything, everywhere, all at once for me, just for the idea of getting Kiki Kwan back from not having acted for forever and the yeah. whole redemption story that followed that, or even Triangle of Sadness because watching Woody Halson as a socialist, communist, American ship captain that's just spending the entire time getting leathered, I thought was brilliant. So uh...
1: yeah, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I've got to be honest, I think the worst one one here. I think if we just very <laughs> quickly go through them. So after Sun, you've got the revelations of poor Mescal Yeah. coming through. Um, you've got All Quiet on the Western Front, which I've got to be honest, I didn't know any of the actors beforehand.
0: But they all did their job really very, well, so it's, yeah, they did something powerful. right there, yeah
1: everything, everywhere, all at once, as you said, uh, the comeback of uh, short round, yeah. brilliant. we all love that. And I think triangle sadness is, is really an achievement in, um, sort of casting from various corners of the world as well, because you've got, you know, the, the guy, I don't know his name now, but it's, uh, he's the guy who turned up regularly in Nicholas winning Refn films in the early days. He's like the Russian oligarch who, right. okay. who yeah, who's yeah, yeah, having it. the rants with, yeah. um, with Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Um and the the lady who was nominated for not to skip the categories, but the lady who was nominated Dolly De Leon.
0: Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I
1: thought she was amazing in trying. I to thought she was this.
0: brilliant. Yeah.
1: Cuz she's like she's not there and then all of a sudden she's the most in takes important. over the film completely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So I yeah, like, I, I mean
0: you could probably Actually, talk about that film quite a lot. So yeah, yeah, I, I really. That, that like would be that a separate film. podcast, possibly. Um, but yeah, yeah. so like I say Elvis won, and then I think the last one of the below the line ones, unless I've missed something, was best documentary. Um, oh, yeah. Nominees: All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, Moon Age Daydream, and Navalny. Um, I'll be honest; I didn't. I watched. I think i watched 40 minutes of fire of love oh, right. and then realized i hadn't really been paying attention to it properly enough so i turned it off and was like i'll come back to that tomorrow and then that never happened so i've not watched any yeah. of these
1: uh fair. yeah i'm like one step ahead of you to be honest i've watched Age daydream i loved it i don't know whether it's great it's a great documentary or because it's just about the best subject ever <laughs> in david barry yeah. um i was surprised in the only won I thought all the Beauty in the Bloodshed was going to win because that's Laura Poitras as well. Yeah,
0: I thought it was going to be either All the Beauty in the Bloodshed or Fire of Love because I feel like that's been getting a, a bit of buzz. Yeah. So, Navalny winning. Who also, I noticed that uh, Shane Boris, who must be the producer on Navalny, is also a producer on Fire of Love. So,
1: oh, yeah. That guy
0: was doing all right either way. Yeah. Yeah. He's
1: really cornered the market this year. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's so, fun. that's all the, like I say, the below-the-line ones. I'm moving to the running order of the show then. So I'll, I'll, I did note this down.
1: Glad someone did.
0: <laughs> yeah. It gave a bit of a feeling to the night, I felt. So um, it starts off, and we've got adapted screenplay. It was the first one of the night. Uh, so the nominees for that were All Quiet on the Western Front, obviously, because like I say nominated for pretty much everything. Uh, Living, The Quiet Girl, She Said... And the whale. Now, I've only seen one of these, uh, which is all quite on the western front. You have seen three, most. yeah, three so, of them, yeah. Um, the winner was, was all quite on the western front, so we'll go from there, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, it's been adapted before. This was an original take on it, it's seen from a I think slightly different perspective. I've got to be honest, I haven't seen the TV movie from the seventies or the 1930s film. I really should, but um, I haven't. I I think it does its job at telling the story very well. I thought it was really powerful. There was one particular thing in it. I I, I might be wrong in thinking this, but I believe that they introduced this aspect, which is the whole thing that's going on with Daniel Brule. Right. Yeah. I think that's an original take for this okay. version. It might, I might be wrong there, but I thought that was probably the most impressive thing—not not that actually happening, but just that sort of nuance between the what's way... going on there and yeah. how it's playing out in the real world. And not to ruin it for every every anyone who hasn't seen it, but yeah, the way it ends is like that. Ah, oh, if only you know, kind of moment because of what's been going on in the background elsewhere. So. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought it was good. Uh, the Quiet Girl, just to move on to that one quickly. Yeah, I I, I I admired that film, but I didn't love it. I'm going to be honest. It's very very slow, very hard to uh, follow at times because it's it's largely in uh, Gaelic. Is it being? Irish?
0: I, yes, I believe so, uh, or just Irish. Irish language, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: sorry if I've completely butchered but yeah. that to anybody that's, listening, but um, everybody
0: in Ireland not listening to this anymore, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, I really liked Banshees of Inisherin, though, <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, so Quiet Girl, um, it, it, it really gets you at the end, but I can't say it's a great piece of writing or anything, it just felt really naturalistic. And then a small, tiny shout out for She Said because yeah. I did actually think that was a pretty solid film. Um, it's definitely B rate, C rate of films you've seen before, all those kind of um, newspaper journalism sort of uncovering stories that we've seen before. But I'm just a sucker for those sort of things. The, I
0: mean, uh, in the spotlight slash. Uh, exactly,
1: yeah. All the president's all the men. President's which men it, yeah. It's not obviously anywhere near at that kind of level, but it holds you for the two hours that it runs. It's about an important topic, which is close to. The film industry unfortunately um, and I thought the performances were great as well so yeah and and as far as this category goes I thought it was a solid adaptation but probably the winner the right winner won yeah it
0: feels a little bit to me like that's a fairly weak category this year normally that's quite a strong one um, and I guess looking forward you know we've got um, the, the the Oscars are obviously coming up in the next month or so I'll try and get this out before the Oscars. (laughs) Um, But in that, you've got, it's a bit of a different nominee because it's All Quiet Again. It's got Glass Onion, Living, um, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking, which is, I guess that mustn't have had an official UK release last year because it just didn't get any nominations at all. Um, Yeah, that's
1: true. It's not anywhere, is it, in this?
0: No, so it does feel a little bit like this. They're quite different. Um, between the two. And I wonder if it's it's perhaps all quiet to lose again there. but um...
1: Possibly, yeah. I mean, they have that weird thing. I don't know if that's Oscar exclusive, but that thing where Top Gun's an adapted screenplay because it's a sequel
0: and all that. Yeah, that is bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. I think yeah. it's the same for Glass Onion, actually, isn't it? Because it's yeah, adapting it will, the yeah. characters from the first film. So if I'm like, that doesn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, what? especially that one where, well, both of them where half of them don't even turn up from <laughs> the original do they so.
0: yeah and then it's like but then you also had like wasn't well, Bohemian Rhapsody in for original screenplay and I'm like is that original because it's just some bloke's life that you've well you've butchered it but that's so yeah. Fun. Um so anyway that was that was the first because we didn't any of the below the line ones you kind of see that the way they do the presentation is you see that towards the end of the night before yeah. they wrap up and stuff so uh, that was the first one we saw the second award that we saw given out was supporting actress um so the nominees were Angela Bassett for Black, Can- Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, uh, Hong Chau for The Whale, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Kerry Condon for Banshees of Inisherin, Dolly De Leon for Triangle of Sadness, and Carrie Mulligan for She Said. And the winner was Kerry Condon for Banshees of Inisherin. Yay! Yeah, I don't think I'd argue with that. I thought she was brilliant in that. Um, I haven't, like, I, said, I haven't seen The Whale or she said but i have seen the others yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah I, I i thought maybe the groundswell was gonna just come for jamie Lee it's on this a little bit it you know that classic it's a time i still wouldn't rule that out at the oscars if i'm honest um i just don't think she's in that film enough i think she's fine in the first bit that she's in when she's yeah like she feels like she's in the first
0: half an hour or so more than the rest of it put together really so
1: yeah and then she's just walking around with uh, hot dog fingers which is <laughs> yeah. which is great but uh yeah i, I thought Kerry Condon was amazing and uh, we'll yeah, we will get on to another one but i was delighted with who got recognized in that film to be fair
0: so uh, the last bit i got on that is uh, apparently there's a groundswell a little bit for uh, angela bassett i can only think that's not necessarily for this film. Uh, yeah. And it's more of like a, we've never actually given you an award over the last, however yeah. many years you've been working.
1: So. Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, with Jamie Lee Curtis, you're like, all right, we've missed Halloween. Obviously we've missed fish called wonder or whatever, yeah. but at least she's turning up and this is pretty solid work. And you know, she's on the comeback trail a l- little bit anyway with the whole Halloween franchise. Yeah. Um, at least in the public eye, but yeah, Angela Bassett is just like, she looks like she's still got great work to come. Um, but I wouldn't be picking black Panther Wakanda forever. Uh, her performance in that as, uh, the one that we'd look back on.
0: No, it's quite, it's quite an odd one. Like I'd say. And I mean, flat out, just comparing the two films, everything, everywhere is a lot better of a film yeah. than Wakanda forever. So, um, yeah. so following that immediately we go to best actor in a supporting role. We've got uh, Brendan Gleeson for Banshees of We've got Barry Kieran for Banshees of Perhaps they were going to split the vote. We don't know. But uh, everything uh, Kiki on for everything everywhere all at once. Uh, Eddie Redmayne in a for spectacular performance in the good. I words. can't. <laughs> uh, Had to Al- Aaron, Albrecht Schluss. Murdered that. Sorry. Um, for All quiet on the Western Front and Michael Ward for Empire of Light. Um, just before we move on, did you notice how you know they have the little the little clips that they play when they're announcing the nominees, mm-hmm. and they literally cut that. Cut, cut the thing off for uh, Eddie Redmayne just before he launched into his... Oh, yeah.
1: I saw that they, they picked that clip and I was waiting for it. Yeah. I was thinking, this is going to be a long clip. And <laughs> do it. I was very disappointed in that.
0: Give us cinematic blue walls. Uh, but the winner was Barry Keoghan for Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah.
1: I, I was delighted at this because I, as much as Brendan Gleeson is amazing, I don't think he should be in this category for a start. So, wait, it's a supporting role. The whole film centred around him. Yeah. Uh, Ki-Hui Kwan thought it was excellent. I just, there's a lingering feeling it should have been Jackie Chan. Sorry. Any <laughs> um, Redmayne, amazing single moment in that film, but that fo- film is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Alrecht, I'll just say your first name. Probably butchered that anyway. Uh, yeah, he was, he was really good. I actually, uh, he was good, actually, yeah. I, I'll give a shout out. I thought Michael Ward was really good in Emperor empire of light as well but i think the right the right guy won
0: like i say i had a few issues with empire of light but uh michael Ward wasn't one of them i thought he was he was really good i I think those are five really good performances and eddie redmayne um yeah yeah but i I really thought kee kwan was gonna get it beforehand um just because of like I say it's the comeback story and I still think he will at the Oscars. I
1: was gonna say, I wouldn't be too disappointed with any of these things at the BAFTAs because I feel like the Oscars will will pay those back.
0: So it kind of feels like a little bit at this point. Um you know, it's it's two actor nominate, two actor wins. It's a well, it's a British film. It's not a British film, it's an Irish film. But yeah, it's also it's a British film, as Martin McDonough picks up on. <laughs> he
1: did, yeah, that's pretty funny. we'll get to that later,
0: but it is it's a British-ish film. Yeah. Um and you know it it's it, there's a there's sort of, sort of feeling with the Baths as well that they tend to honour the British films a little bit more than they honour anything else. Yeah, like I mean nineteen seventeen one best pit film and everything like that.
1: Surely that's why Eddie Redmayne's even in this category. <laughs>
0: I feel like Eddie Redmayne is just one of them that it's a bit like Meryl Streep was at the Oscars for a few years. It's like, oh, he's in a yeah. film, yeah, we'll just dominate that then. Yeah, I don't know. I've never really got it with Eddie, Eddie Redmayne. He's never really been my cup of tea.
1: No, I mean, I'm grateful for him to for him being in that film because <laughs> it would be a lot worse if he wasn't. He's, it, he's absolutely sensational at times in a very ironic way. Um, but yeah, I mean, surely he's just their go-to guy, and that's why he's in this category because. That you're right. It's five great performances, and Eddie Redmayne. Agreed. So yeah, but so yeah, I, I'm really happy Barry Keoghan would, yeah. um, and he had a nice little speech as well. So, yeah. Um,
0: so moving on, we had next was cinematography. Uh, an interesting one this one. So it was all quiet on the Western Front, Batman, Elvis, Empire Light, and Top Gun Maverick. I guess the one thing that feels like worth bringing up as well with the nominees, obviously because it, so it was James Friend for Western Front, Greg Fraser for The Batman, Mandy Walker for Elvis, Roger Deakins for Empire of Light, and Claudio Miranda for Top and Maverick. And it just feels like Deakins has reached a point now where if you mention cinematography, it's kind of his name's right up there with it. It's like when best score comes yeah. up. It's like, oh, what's John Williams done this year or something like yeah, that,
1: yeah. you know? Yeah, he's definitely that guy now, I think. So I was quite, um, and, and
0: to be fair, I think Empire of Light is a really good-looking film. Um, so I was quite surprised when quite and the front, did win.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're kind of all on my sort of take on this one, which is, I don't think Empire of Light is a great film, but I do think Roger Deakins' work in it is just, extraordinary yeah that was the one film honestly this year that took my breath away just with its cinematography um i think you look at all of those other four films in that category there's other things in those films i mean elvis i just cannot stand the look of that film if i'm honest but the other th- the other three batman uh top gun maverick all quite on the western front they're all like assaults of the senses again um batman's very interesting because it goes for that outre dark kind of cinematography and i think that's impressive i wouldn't have been surprised if that had been uh, recognized um but i just don't think the films picked up enough yeah. recognition along the way um i know quite on the western front was probably the obvious one given how other nominations have gone here but i really thought empire of light empire of light was the best looking thing i saw this year
0: yeah that's fair and i'll probably bring this up now because it might be the last chance we get to actually talk about uh, the batman it's that um, it seems like an odd one because it's obviously garnered quite a few of the, the technical nominations, and it's quite clearly a film that was released what last February, March, something like that. So it's yeah. clearly not gunning for this kind of thing because um, it would have been released later in the year if it had been. So it seems like an odd one that it's got kind of nominated in so many different places and then never actually recognised. It feels like they've, they've, they've picked up on it for a reason, but they're never actually. I mean, maybe it just was everybody's third favorite. Yeah, in all these categories, but
1: there's always, there's always one film like that that gets loads of, as we keep calling it, below the line, uh, category nominations. Yeah, and then every now and again, they just get enough support that they creep into the best film. Yeah, so like June last year, yeah, because of the prestige behind that, because it's a Denis Villeneuve film. It was always going to walk lots of those technical ca- categories, but it had enough behind it that people went, you know what, stick that in the the top 10. Because that's what a best film category is really, isn't it? They're just saying these are what we consider are the 10 best films of the year. Yeah, And I think The Batman's probably about 11, 12 for most people. Um, it's just not quite, not quite getting in there. Although it probably would get in there for... Although there's only five in this as well, isn't there? Which makes yeah, it you do more difficult. Have a,
0: a few uh, a shorter list on this one. So um, yeah, moving on. I've just realised I think I have missed a below the line one. Which uh, okay, it wouldn't normally be below the line, but it was on this show because they didn't do it present it in in, uh, in the main show. And that's uh, best film not in the English language. Uh, oh yeah. And I should bring this up because I think you did actually some homework on this one. So uh, the Ar- the nominees are Argentina, 1985, All Quiet on the Western Front, Corsage, Decision to Leave, and The Quiet Girl.
1: Yep. I uh, failed my homework, by
0: the way. <laughs> you, did, you did most of your homework, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the winner was All Quiet on the Western Front, as people will probably guess now, because I feel like I've said that about fifty times. Yeah. Um, it was
1: one of those nights for it.
0: Yeah, I mean I it's the only one out of the five I've seen. I never quite I do want to see Decision to Leave. Um, but I never quite got around to it. It's
1: it's one of those though with these this this category and the British film category which we'll come on to. It's like when one of them is nominated for best film, you know what's winning.
0: Yeah. i I did wonder if we stood a chance of getting something interesting because both all quiet and decision to leave both got director nominations yeah um yeah but that kind of makes me think maybe decision to leave was the sixth best because i had six nominations for director but only five for film for some reason i don't quite know why but um but maybe that was like their sixth best film rather than the
1: yeah I mean, it would be that would be my pick. We might not get another chance to talk about it. Although if he's been nominated for director, uh, yeah, we might. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't watch Argentina in nineteen eighty five or Corsage. Yeah. Um, but of the three I've watched, All Quiet on the Western Front is very, very good. But I think the decision to leave is just a work of art. Um, whether it's the best film, it's certainly not the best film Park Chan Wook has done. Right. But you know, when you're just in the presence of just a, a brilliant, brilliant constructor of films yeah he's just at a level now where everything he does is just so meticulously designed and delivered on the screen it's just a joy to watch it even if the whole film doesn't always make as much sense or keep you as invested you can just watch what he's doing on the screen and just be blown away by it but so yeah i i'm glad it got at least a nomination in here and especially the uh director um but yeah give that a Short, small shout out while I can. No, oh,
0: very good. Yeah, um, but like you say, it seems a shame a little bit because it feels like in most years that well, I would say that could win, but All Quiet was a bit of a, bit of a, a juggernaut at the BAFTAs by like you say, yeah. by having the most nominations and stuff. Um, yeah, uh, like I say, I, you, you would think it might do well at the uh, Oscars, but it didn't actually even make the shortlist on the Oscars, so which I think we'd spoken about before, which is a bit of a bizarre one, but there you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we do an Oscars... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can have your rant roll, about that. i my
0: rant then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so then moving on, the next one that we saw given out was the outstanding debut by a British writer, director, or producer. Always a bit of an interesting one, this, uh, for me, because it feels a little bit more like what is the most involvement this person's probably had as well with a film.
1: Yeah. Producer yeah.
0: is like, I don't... But when's a producer ever going to really win it? Doesn't yeah. seem likely. Yeah. Anyway, the nominees were uh, Charlotte Wells for After Sun, uh, Georgia Oakley and Helene Seif. I probably ruined that, sorry. Uh, for Blue Jean, uh, Marie Linden. Reed, Reed, oh, fucking hell. These names are killing me tonight. For Electric Melody, uh, Katie Brand for Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, which I didn't even know she wrote that until she came yeah. up in the list of nominees. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, and then Elena Sanchez-Bellop and Maya Kenworthy for Rebellion. Um, I've only seen one of these films. Have you seen any you more? You only need to see one of
1: yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen Good Luck to You, Leo Grande as well, um, which is good and excellent performance from uh, Emma Thompson, of course. Yeah. but Yeah, there's only one film. I suppose this here. is the
0: bit where we, we... I mean, I've mentioned it on the initial podcast i did for this that i yeah. think after some was my favorite film of last year it absolutely yeah. blew me away when i saw it and i think what charlotte wells has done with that film is nothing short of outstanding and yeah i also know you feel the same way so that's why i'm just saying this
1: <laughs> yeah no I, I, to be honest it's, it's worth it because i don't think everybody feels the same about it i think it's a film that's kind of split opinion yeah. a little bit more so than a film that's kind of similar in its uh sort of style and obviously one that mm-hmm. became a huge success was um moonlight okay which is barry jenkins is the producer on afterson uh but it seemed that with moonlight it was just the right time for that film and everybody just went with the tide again and just said yeah you know what this is this is real strong work i've got exactly the same feelings towards afterson i think afterson is just perfect 100 out of 100 I, don't, I there is nothing i would change about that film I think the performances are just sensational um to say that it's charlotte wells's first film and she's a writer director I, she's one to watch and I, i'm i mean it on like a scale of like paul thomas anderson kind of people you know to come out with that on your first go around is is wow yeah so, I yeah, agree. I, is,
0: uh, it's one of those, you know, I'm already eagerly awaiting whatever she's going to do next.
1: Yeah. And it, you know what? She doesn't do anything or whatever she does next fails. She's always got that. I mean, they, for me, the After Sun should have dominated everything this year. It should be in the Oscar race. It, it, Paul Mescal should be walking away with, well, not to step on things, but yeah, I just think it's, a, it's just an amazing film.
0: Um, so yeah, we're both... Firmly in the uh, in in the we love this film camp. So yeah, you probably just just let us let us know when you watch that film and it utterly destroys you as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next one um, we've got animated feature. So this is the one where I had a little bit of homework to do, uh, which I, I didn't absolutely nail it. I'm going to be honest. Did I you fail your homework? I well did that? slightly. Yeah. <laughs> the nominees for this were. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, uh, Marcel, The Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and Turning Red. Um, I didn't didn't watch Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I haven't seen Puss in Boots one. Not that I particularly think there's going to be a hard plot to follow, (laughs) Um, but I haven't seen Puss in Boots one. I don't think I've seen like like half of the Shrek films either. I was a little bit like, I, I don't... A lot of people seem to rave about it, and I'm not like, and then... I think Mark Kermo said he didn't really see the appeal of it. And I was like, well, if everybody's not telling me it's brilliant, then no, I'm not gonna say a time, time. But I did watch the others. Um so the winner was Guillermo Del Toro's Pinocchio, which um it's hard to argue against because it is a really, really well done film. I know you weren't quite as hot on it. You, you I just maybe...
1: didn't I just didn't see it all in yeah. the Yeah, it wasn't really. Yeah. Out one of them where it was like oh stick it on i don't know if i've got enough time to watch this i haven't got enough time to watch it and i never went back to it so
0: fair enough um it is really good it's obviously really it's well made um i still can't quite believe we get a song number from david bradley of all people um <laughs> but but it, it happens and yeah it's it's a really good film um obviously it's got guillermo's sort of penchant for the uh political undertone as well in there. It's one that you probably could watch with your kids, probably. Maybe get a little bit dark in some places. But also, it's, it's as he mentioned in his acceptance speech, it's not necessarily just for children, really. It's also a film for adults, and animation can also be for adults. All that said, I think I'd have given it to Marcel as gel.
1: So I did see that one, and I did enjoy it. Um, my only thing with it was... I felt you could tell it was something that had been born from little shorts yeah and it had been fleshed out into a, a bigger uh feature length sort yeah, of uh, yeah, animation
0: yeah. because yeah, the, the no, plot is very slight isn't it there's, there's yeah. not really and it, i always felt like i sat there and i was like i know what this film is doing it's trying to like play on my emotions by having this incredibly cute looking shell thing and yeah something yeah, yeah. bad's gonna happen to it I just know it and <laughs> like what do I and it but it worked I don't know man maybe it's I think Jenny Slate's performance is, is really good in it as Marcel um, yeah
1: yeah and the guy who does the voiceover of the director camera Operator. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure. Director, he's not actually the director. I think he is, yeah. Right, okay. Is it Dean, Dean Fleischer? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I think it's him or Dean Fleischer-Camp, maybe. Yes, that's it. um Yeah, so I, I liked him. I, I, and I, th- I think you can always tell when you've got somebody who's doing the performance who implicitly, like, know or intimately knows the subject of what he's trying to get across. Yeah. So I thought he bounced well off Marcel.
0: Yeah, which I believe... They used to go out together.
1: Oh, right, Pleasure Camp yeah. and,
0: and Jenny Slate used to be like a... Obviously, they're still on decent enough terms if they're making this yeah. one together. But yeah, like I say, that probably would have won for me. But at the end of the day, I can't really argue with uh, Guillermo. Um, you know, I'd have absolutely loved a nomination for Mad God, but it was never going to happen.
1: Oh, wow, yeah. I did not <laughs> thought about that. See, that again, that's like... That's in the after sun and the uh, decision to leave, kind of, what's going on? Why is that not nominated? Kind of category for me. Like, Puss in Boots might be incredible, but I feel like we know where what we're getting with the seventh Shrek film or whatever it is. Yeah, essentially. But yeah, Mad God was like twenty years of just exactly. That's
0: that's. I mean, I wasn't as big a fan of it as you were in terms of the end product but yeah. to actually just appreciate the craft that's gone into it.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: incredible. Just the insanity that he, he put up on the screen in, in general was, was uh, worthy of a nomination, even if I'd, like say, it wouldn't have been my number one. Yeah. I do think yeah. that's a little bit of a lean year. Um, normally there is at least one animated film that I'm like, that's up there in my top, top ten of the year or something like that. And there wasn't really that for me this year.
1: No, but I mean, again, I think it's...
0: Were any of them that bad? I don't know. Tough one.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably testament to how Pixar's having a bit of a rough time as well, because that's normally the one, probably, isn't it? Probably,
0: yeah, because uh, It's
1: turning red, Pixar. I
0: was just thinking that. I don't think it is. I think it's under the no, I'm lying, it is. It is a Pixar. But also they had um, Lightyear. They had Lightyear oh, yeah. as well this year. Um, yeah, Which kind of didn't hit on all cylinders. A lot of people were kind of mixed on that, so just a bit of a, bit of a down year for Pixar, and then
1: yeah, labels, I guess. Yeah, I. Funny you mentioned Mad God though, because I hadn't even thought about that. And yeah, that would have been my show. Yeah.
0: So, so the next one is the original screenplay. Uh, nominees were Banshees of Inisherin, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. Um, and the winner for this one was Banshees of Inisherin because for me at this point you were kind of, okay, you'd heard... Uh, we, we hadn't heard about a lot of the technicals and stuff, but that's by the by. We'd heard mm. two, two actors and a screenplay for Banshees. Yeah. Now, I know or quite had got the other one, but it kind of felt like, oh, this is going to be Banshees now. Yeah.
1: This but, is where we're going. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, and I, I absolutely cannot argue, because I, I think Martin McDonough could write, I mean... I want to say you would write a film about two books just sitting in a room and I would be like, yeah, I'm going, definitely. But that's almost what this is. and I still yeah. loved it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I can't really argue with that. I think that's uh, – it's pretty bang on. I really liked – I really liked Every, everything, everywhere, all at once. I thought that was good. Uh, maybe the screenplay wasn't the best bit of that, which so I'm not going to argue too much. I thought Triangle of Sadness was really good. Yeah. Um, I liked Tar.
1: Yeah, see again we we I don't think we're that far away apart on these things but I I do love Tar. The more I think about Tar the more I think it is the best film that's nominated out of these sort of uh, big major awards this year. And I, it's hard with the original screenplay because it, McDonough's work with dialogue yeah. is so brilliant. And you're not really... You are getting that with Todd Fields' Tar, because there's lots of extended sequences of really fascinating dialogue, but it's not that punchy stuff that's just going to, you know, just tip of your tongue kind of stuff that you'll just... As soon as you leave the film, you'll be like, <laughs> remember that bit in Banshees? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I think it's fair, you know. It's definitely not a bad winner.
0: And uh, and The Fablements was also nominated. Um, moving on. <laughs> Unless got it. Yeah, no. Okay, no on, yeah.
1: I was going to say, do, do we want to do a Fableman's thing? But actually, you probably just did the best Fableman's thing we could do, which was moving yeah, on. Just,
0: yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the, the next one was <laughs> possibly one of the top three of like the most obvious um, categories, I think, for me, for winners. So it's best special visual effects. And the nominees were. Avatar The Way of Water, All Quiet on the Western Front, Batman, everything everywhere all at once And top Gun: Maverick. And for all the little features and everything you've seen about how there was actually only ever like, whatever, like 10 people on the All Quiet on the Western Front set and he made it look like 400 or something. Yeah. Even I, the person who, you know, the biggest cynic and didn't really like Avatar 2, even I can't say Avatar 2 doesn't deserve that.
1: Yeah. i yeah. trying to think when I was watching this, um, Laura said to me, uh, oh, she said one of the, I think she said, oh, everything everywhere all at once is going to win this. I was like, uh, no, it's not. <laughs> they've, they've spent about 10 years and a billion pound on the visual effects of one of these films. There's only one that's going to win this award. And I mean, um, I quite
0: like Hot Dog Fingers as much as the next man, but uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Wasn't going to be the, the big blue cats of Avatar, was it in that one? No. Nah, so yeah, I nah, know. Nah. Fair enough. And uh, also, I think that was the only film of like the entire night that my wife had also seen. So she was quite excited oh. in this book. She's like, yeah, go on that one film I've seen. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, we, yeah. we got the uh, Fellowship Award, which obviously is like announced beforehand. Um, I went to Sandy Powell. I'd be lying if I knew really who Sandy Powell was beforehand. But they do a little vignette where they show she's costume designer and all the work that she's done. And you go, Fuck, that's a, that's a lot of good work that is like, you know, all the films that she's worked on. And it's got a little bit of Scorsese just waxing lyrical about it. And you go, well, if Marty likes it, sure. Crack on.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I agree. I don't keep up to speed on any of these, um, but you know, I, I like that these awards exist and it doesn't just go to an obvious great actor all the time. It does go to a, another. It's- it's Avenue.
0: funny you say that as well, because I just thought before before we jumped on this call, I was like, oh, who normally wins this then? And to be fair, for the last few times, it's been like, i and you know just, just Ridley Scott was in there. And it's like people who have just like, oh, these are just, I mean, fair enough. Like, they do need honouring as well in terms of this like, lifetime achievement award, but it is more interesting to get. I know uh Thelma Schoonmaker, mate got one a few years ago as well. Yeah. So it's nice to get these people who are a little bit more behind the scenes, who've just been just grafting away at these films, all the films that you love
1: for yeah.
0: Yeah. 20, 30, 40 years, whatever.
1: I mean, the thing I would say as well, when I saw all the drawings and recognised the films that she'd been involved in, like Elizabeth and Far From Heaven and all the Scorsese stuff, but it's not just the Scorsese stuff like Goodfellas where they're all dressed in immaculate suits or wolf of wall street yeah it was stuff like hugo stuff like yeah. gangs of new york and you're like oh okay yeah there, there's an art here and then you start seeing that actually a lot of it even though it's unique to the film itself there's kind of a a common theme running through it as mm-hmm. well of like high class quality stuff that's why i said when i watched it i was like you can't argue with the work i mean yeah. definitely deserving a yeah. recognition so yeah it was it
0: was good Exactly the same, I think. So we're in agreement on that one. Um, yeah. Moving on, we got <laughs> Outstanding British Film. Yeah. So nominees were After Sun, uh, Brian and Charles, Banshees of Innocent, Empire of Light, Good Luck to You, Leo Brand, Living, Roald Dahl's Matilda the Musical, See How They Run, The Swimmers, and The Wonder. I've got no idea why there's so many nominated for this.
1: This is definitely the BAFTA going. We're way more important than all your uh, foreign films. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're only going to nominate five uh, best films, and some of them are going to be British and Irish. But here's like eleven
0: or ten <laughs>
1: of our own.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting point you've raised there as well, actually, because it does feel a little bit like the. I don't know, the Australian Awards or whatever, honour uh, the best Australian films of that year. And it's like, I mean, I, we'll get onto this in, in a second, but I guess where do you draw the line on like a, a British film nowadays? Because a lot of like Hollywood films can be filmed in like Elstree or wherever, but then also if they're financed by American, is it? But then like, yeah. You've got a film filmed by an Irish bloke starring in an, an all Irish actor. Cast filmed in Ireland, but it's filmed by funded by Film Four, so it's going to win Best British Film.
1: That's what it ultimately was, wasn't it? That's what McDonough was referencing. He was like, "Yeah, outstanding what film?" And then he's like, "Yeah, but Film Four paid yeah, for it, that's so it. Is that what it comes down to? Who Signs the checks? I don't know. I,
0: possibly, yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's uh, an interesting one, but obviously, the the loving for for Banshees was continuing at this point. Um, I just want to bring up, I haven't seen Brian and Charles, but it looks really good. I kind of missed it at the cinema and I kind of regret that because it looks really good and I need to get back around to watching that. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I saw the clip last night and I was like,
1: oh man, I need to watch this film. Yeah, <laughs> it
0: does look good. So, And then a couple of us I haven't seen. I haven't seen uh, Living Leo Grand. I haven't seen Roald Dahl's Matilda the Musical, but I feel like I probably know what I'm getting with that one. And then The Swimmers or The Wonder. I understand The Swimmers is meant to be quite interesting as well. Um, yeah, uh,
1: again, with this category, it's kind of like I, you kind of know what's going to win, but it's useful for seeing a couple of films that I hadn't definitely weren't on my radar. Uh, films like The Swimmers, yeah. um, which I will try and
0: check out. Um, and then also uh, interesting, I think, to see how they run to get nominated. I a lot of people were fairly hit and miss on that film. I feel like, but I quite liked it for what it was. It was, and it, it kind of a little bit gets blown out of the water again by uh, Glass Onion coming later in the year, which yeah doesn't get any Bafta love but has got some Oscar buzz about it. So um, for the similar sort of detectivey who done it type thing, but I uh, I really like to see how they run. There's definitely worse ways you could spend your afternoon than watching that, especially Just like a Sunday to... afternoon type film.
1: Yeah, it's like a throwback to that very famous British tradition of like whodunits as well and things like that, isn't it? So Yeah, and he yeah, does not play around
0: with it a little bit, bit well. a little bit as well. But yeah, mm. um, moving on again. So we've got Director, which was... Oh, I've not got the list ready. any. Uh, so it's Edward Berger for All Quiet on the Western Front, Park Chan-wook for Decision to Leave, Todd Field for Tar, the Daniels, as they're affectionately known, for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Martin McDonough, as Banshees a Inner And Gina Prince-Wythwood for The Woman King. Um, the winner was uh, Edward Berger for All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, this was perhaps a little bit of a shock for me. Didn't really see it coming.
1: Yeah, I, I, was, I was surprised. I thought, I it, thought was... it
0: was... Probably McDonald's yeah, to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, like I said, the, <laughs> the way the night had been going. I, and yeah. I did feel like a little bit like maybe the Daniels have got an outside chance on this one.
1: Yeah. I think I might have said to you off pod, um, I just, just didn't feel like they're kind of know it here.
0: No. Uh, I, yeah. I think I sort of agree with you there. It's BAFTA, maybe not quite as in love with that film as we think a lot of other places are, particularly that they, they won. The Directors Guild of America award the night before on like the Saturday night, they'd won that. So,
1: yeah, it it, it, it strikes a, a, an interesting point, I think, as well, just to look at this category of films. And I appreciate it. *All Quiet on the Western Front* is not a British film, but you feel like with a handful of these films, if they were like if *Tar* was a British film, it's running away with everything this year yeah here. you know it's like that kind of thing and, and and likewise with everything everywhere all at once because you just would not expect that to come out of British Isles or whatever but I know I know that isn't the case but it's just interesting sometimes when you you look at these films like Banshees dominates so many of these categories but does it uh does it win everything if it's not so closely connected to British Isles yeah not not quite
0: British but it, if it's not yeah. kind of you know that kind of connection you probably, yeah, it does raise a good point.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it might be, it might be nonsense. I just, I was thinking of Tar. Actually, I was thinking, oh, you know what? If that was Kate Blanchett in a British production of, you know, and just exactly the same film, it's the kind of thing that they'd just fall in love with. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised that Edward Berger won.
0: Uh, moving on, we've got the it's a very interesting award. This one for me. So this one was the E.E. E. Rising Star, as it is branded. Oh, yeah. Um, nominees were Naomi Aki, uh, Sheila Atim, Daryl McCormack, Emma Mackey, and Amy Lou Wood. Um, but this, It's always kind of an odd one. Number one, it's voted for by the public. So that's kind of a bit interesting. But also, it's never actually for any one particular film that they've done. It's just, it almost feels like a... Body of work to this point award, like how recognisable they are, whether they're gonna, and you kind of look over the, the winners of it in the past. So I should say that the winner was Emma Maki um, And you kind of look at the winners in the past, and each one of them, you kind of go, "Oh yeah, they are actually they've nailed it, quite good." Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So you can't really argue with it, I guess. Maybe it is because that person is kind of cresting yeah, yeah. a little bit. Like Emma come it? about because of the TV show. Um, Sex education, education, which is the yeah. same as Amy Lee Wood. But then she's also been in a couple of films this year. She did the... What did she do? Emily, was it, I think? Yeah, yeah. And she was also in Death on the Nile, which well, wasn't a good film, oh, okay. but, you know, she was in Yeah, it. I
1: haven't seen the... What was the first one of those?
0: Murder on the United Express. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah,
1: I haven't watched either of them, so held off on the second one because I haven't seen the first one.
0: First one's... Better than the second one, in my opinion. Yeah. But, um, yes, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's sort of an interesting one. So even though, like, like Noah Mackie has obviously... Uh, she's in the new Whitney Houston one, I think. Uh, right, okay, yeah. Sheila him yeah. Tim has kind of been around a lot. She's done a lot of stage work in the past, but she kind of came through a little bit in The uh, the Woman King.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I thought she was really good at that, to be fair. And, uh, she
1: was, I, I agree, yeah.
0: And uh, Darren Cormack was in... Leo Grand, who's the titular Leo Grand, I believe. Yes. So yeah. it's kind of each one of them is coming through quite a lot, but uh, I mean, it can't. I can't. can't...
1: Yeah, I like you say, the ones they really have hit it off with this award in the past. So, you know, the public obviously know what they're talking about, I guess. Um, but yeah, I was like looking at like Tom Hardy, Jack O'Connell, um, who's the nope guy?
0: Daniel Kaluuya. Jameson.
1: Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya. Um, and also Lashana Lynch won yes. it last year, I yeah. think. He's in The Woman King as well. Yeah. And he's brilliant in that film. And yeah, that's why I thought Sheila team was going to win, actually. Um, but I don't know when the vote takes place or... Yeah, or if not any enough of
0: people it. have seen that, maybe. Especially for like, yeah. what is effectively a popularity award.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I suppose most people are gonna, going to have seen Emma Mackey in various places by this point. So it'll be interesting to see. I th- think she's got the look to be a star, for one thing. Yeah, um, Laura said to me, I should say Laura's my partner, by the way, <laughs> if anybody's wondering who Laura is. Um, she said to me, yeah, when she's got a blonde hair, she looks just like uh, Margot Robbie. She, and I couldn't see that after I that. I yeah,
0: believe in my, what well, I controversially, top 10 film I'm looking forward to this year, She's also going to be in Barbie, so... Uh, oh, is she?
1: Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> so I'm not
0: quite sure what they're going to do with that, because, but like you say, those two do look quite a bit alike. Maybe a little yeah. bit like they played off a little bit in Babylon with uh, Samara Weaving, who's in that, who also yeah. kind of looks a little bit yes, like... definitely. Yeah. Robbie yeah. as well, and they kind of play off that in that film a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, so yeah, she's
1: not quite... Uh, margot robbie as she's not quite margot robbie in the film i yeah. thought that was quite clever exactly definitely.
0: yeah that's it um so after that we moved on and it's these last four as well which I, I think this was a first so people might correct me if i'm wrong on that but i think this is the first time that it was actually broadcast live from this point on yeah so yeah normally, he made
1: reference to that didn't he richard E. grant
0: yeah normally what they do is they normally Film it all, or film it so sort of, as the evening's going on, and then they stick it on telly, sort of half an hour to an hour sort of delay, but as though it's live. But this actually, from this point on, was live. So fair play to him for that. He must have been pretty confident. No one was going to get up and give him a twat. But uh... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: going off past experiences, yeah, yeah, I'm that's brave. it.
0: <laughs> I think he made a joke about it as well at one point, didn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah. he also raised his hand at one point. Did he? To- a woman. It was a joke. It was in the jest. But I was like, Ooh. oh, yeah. It wasn't the best look, but uh, I nerves, just think it was. Of, yeah, nerves. yeah, nerves. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't
0: hurt a fly, would he? Richard, he not, surely no, surely not. No. no. Um, um, so yeah, moving on. Uh, we've got it was best actor next. Uh, this one was an interesting one for me because, let's say, despite uh, all quiet kind of. Winning in a fair few at this point, it still felt like Banshee's Night up until this point, I think, for me. Because the nominees were Austin Butler for Elvis, uh, Colin Farrell for Banshee's of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Daryl McCormack for Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. And like I said, I was, I was pretty convinced Colin Farrell was going to walk away with this just because of the way it had gone. Um, If you'd asked me, like, a couple of months ago, I'd have been fairly certain, like, Bill Nye might have been up there, because that's this living, kind of, when it came out, it felt like a film that was going to do well at the BAFTAs. But that kind of never really materialised. And, like I say, the eventual winner was Austin Butler Mm -hmm. for a performance you absolutely loved, I'm sure.
1: I mean, he's the best thing in it. But I just, while we're on this subject, I just don't understand the fascination with him austin butler like it's more of an american thing and there's a few american podcasts i listen to and everybody all they talk about is oh he's the new star and i get it you know like okay fine you've got potentially got a, a new tom cruise or whatever on your hands and you want to celebrate it as soon as you can but i just don't really understand the love for this particular performance and i don't know if it's that thing where it's like because it's a music biopic again and we've had the rami Ma- rami malik thing before and countless others that i can't even think off the top of my head but if i look at that list i haven't seen the bill noy performance but uh, and i haven't seen brendan fraser but i mean brendan fraser is getting a lot of celebration for that role so i can understand why he's in he's in this It was seen seen as a triple header really wasn't it between austin butler colin farrell and yeah. brendan fraser um but yeah of the ones i've seen he doesn't come anywhere near in terms of performance like colin farrell is doing something that he's not really done before which is playing against that type of you know wherever he's in he's always the center of the universe and he's almost the antithesis of that you know, in this film, like everyone wants to get away from him and it's not really explained why. And then he turns it on a dime, like towards the end. And that's where you're like, yeah, this guy is just an actor, like a proper, proper actor. The way he turns in the last act of that film is brilliant. And he he deserves the recognition. And it's a complete opposite of what you've got with Austin Butler, where everybody's clamoring immediately to go, Oh, we need to honor this guy now. And you're like, well, you know, you're honouring the individual performance, but we all know how it works. But it's like, I don't know, I just I don't get it in the single performance. I don't get it in the whole aura yeah. around him or anything. It's just, I, I just don't get it.
0: I mean, yeah, because just like you say, sort of, they almost work like a bit of a, uh, we should have honoured you for this in the past sometimes, don't they? Yeah. But there's exactly. definitely not any of that with this because you look down, his like... Past yoga hoses? And it's like yoga... Yeah. Yoga hoses, yeah, <laughs> and uh, the dead don't die, oh, yeah. which I liked, <laughs> but you know. And other than that, he played Tex Watson in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So he's gone from doing the devil's work to uh, doing Elvis, and um, I—I don't know. Yeah. I, I quite liked it, I agree with you. I think he's the best thing in Elvis, and I liked Elvis quite a bit more than you did as well. Um, yeah. But that said, I don't know. It—it's an interesting one, and it. Up until this point, it did feel like at the Oscars, maybe it would go to Brendan Fraser or, you know, uh, hell might freeze over and we'll still get our boy Pel- Paul Maskell to win it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Wouldn't hold that would wouldn't be wouldn't the hold out much for that. So, but now no. it, it kind of feels a little bit to me, like it's probably just going to be Austin Butler all the way.
1: The thing about Austin Butler, just not to dwell on this point too much, but it, it strikes me of like, to use Baz Luhrmann's films as the, ground zero for this is think if we'd have given leonardo dicaprio that oscar for romeo and juliet like yeah when you look at leo in romeo and juliet you're like yeah that's a star you know this is a coming of age of a star and that might be the case for austin butler that's great but then you look at the body of work that leonardo dicaprio done since 90 percent of it not recognized as well incidentally and you're like how did how do these things like marry up how are they part of the same process
0: do I you just, do know. you wonder if in a way then because the thing is about leo has always been has he been constantly striving to get that
1: is he playing the game award, kind of like thing,
0: you know and kind right, of going right. after it so maybe are we obviously robbing ourselves but we didn't do it after in oscar <laughs> we're going to do it so uh are they are they robbing us of potentially some other Sort of out there for performances that that he could be doing, whereas he might just turn around and just be a bit more like, "No, I've got my awards now, I can." Yeah, well, it's like, just... for example, the, the next film he's doing is is June Part Two, where he plays the same role that Sting played in the in the Lynch film. So it's oh, okay, uh, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if he turns up with bright ginger hair and tiny briefs, then uh, we know he's he's happy with his awards and he's he's done for now, but. Um,
1: Yeah, Yeah, he might be great, and I'm not seeing it from Elvis. He's the centre of the film. Good luck to him. He carries it for the most part. So, yeah, he deserves a nomination probably. But, again, Colin Farrell is amazing. Brendan Fraser I've not seen, but he's obviously doing some impressive work there, clearly. You can see from just the clips we've seen. Darren McCormack, I mean, I think that's a bit of a stretch. I think that's Emma Thompson's film personally um paul mescal is that lightning in a bottle kind of moment that i think people want austin butler to be but it isn't and then bill nye is like the Elder appreciation State award for yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. so, since so I, they've
1: gone with austin but
0: my yeah. last my last question on this for you then is judging by uh his acceptance speech do you reckon he's dropped that elvis accent for the entire time since he finished filming
1: I mean, this is the other thing. I mean, he's not doing himself any favors of being an actor, is he? When he's basically embodied this role. I mean, method, maybe. You know, maybe he's the next Al Pacino. I don't know. But Al kind of stops after the film's finished. Obviously, I was say, yeah. Just, yeah. just so you know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Again, it's just another element of that film that really grates me. Just him walking around doing his uh huh. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. I bad. I agree. <laughs> And it is quite bizarre, because like you say, I'm pretty sure he's not from Graceland. He's from like California, <laughs> so I don't quite know what he's doing there. But there yeah, you go. Yeah. Um, then we move on to, obviously, partner to this award always is the best actress in a leading role. Uh, nominees were mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett for Tar, Viola Davis for The Woman King, Anna De Amar for Blonde, Daniel, Dan, sorry, Danielle Deadweiler for Till, Emma Thompson for good luck to you, Leo Grand, and Michelle Yeoh for everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I think for like a couple of minutes there, I tried to sort of think, well, maybe Michelle Yeoh win it, but let's be honest, this was one of the one of the chalkiest uh, picks of the night. Obviously, it went to Kate Blanchett for Tar. I can't really argue with it, like you said about uh, Elvis. Although I'm a lot higher on Tar than you were on Elvis. You know mm-hmm. Um I still think she was the absolute best thing about that film. She's yeah. she is the be all and end all of it. It's it's a proper leading performance. Which yeah. I'm not saying that the others aren't. I mean Viola Dave was kind of in and out of that film a little bit for me. Um I watched that one, that was one of the ones I've caught up on recently. But um but yeah, Kate Ranchett is, is fantastic. And I think she's she's one of those like incredible actresses now for me that, that Yeah. Yeah, every definitely. time you see her, you just think, "Oh, she could be." Even if it's yeah. like Thor, Ragnarok, or something, you think, "Oh, well, maybe she get yeah
1: idea." Yeah. yeah, I mean, fair play to her because she, yeah, she's not shy of turning down things that you might think that she's playing down to. But she's one call. of the best villains in the MCU. Is she in Don't Look Up? Oh, you the... mean?
0: She's oh, Don't is look she in? do she in that? She's the the news anchor, isn't she? That he sleeps with.
1: Quite possibly, yeah. I, I was thinking of Meryl Streep because I know she's the president, isn't she? Oh
0: yeah. Talking of there, so people in that uh, film, perennially nominated people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, she's yeah. That's who that's that's who comes to mind now. When I think of Kate Blanchett, I'm thinking she's in that Meryl Streep kind of stratosphere now, which is sort of secluded off for uh, only certain. Very high elite actresses, um, even more so than like male actors. I think the, the female category is, yeah, yeah, the, the three time winners and that sort of thing, which I think she's going to be with the Oscar as well, if I'm honest. Yeah, but that's right, just because she won
0: for was it Blue Jasmine and The Aviator? Was The Aviator that's the one where she does the Catherine Hepburn as well, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. yes, yeah. and that's her that's only supporting one, isn't right, it? Right, and yeah. she's been nominated for things like Elizabeth Carroll, yeah. I think she's an eight time nominee, which is pretty potentially a three time winner, yeah, yeah, but just on this category, um I do think that this is a better set of actresses than the Oscars this year okay,
0: um so i'll we'll let's just have a look we've got uh, so we've got Kate Blanchettga Alpha blonde, and also Michelle Yeoh for everything every all at once. So the differences then are Andrea Reesborough for Two Leslie, which I guess if anybody's kind of interested in awards and everything, I'm sure they're pretty aware of what's going on with that one. And Michelle Williams Mm -hmm. for The Fablemans over, well, over Viola Davis, Danielle Dedwiler, and Emma Thompson, because they just nominated an extra person for some reason. Um,
1: Yeah. So uh, just on this, I think everybody's made an awful lot about the Two Leslie thing and, Fair enough. There's obviously things going on there as to why, how Andrea Riseborough came from nowhere to be nominated for best actress. But if we took that aside and just looked at even Michelle Williams's inclusion, for example, as with everything, this is only my opinion. But I have no idea what Michelle Williams is doing in that film. I think it's a horrendous performance. So when we talk about the likes of Viola Davis and in particular Danielle Deadweiler, who I think is incredible in tilt, not getting nominated for best actress. I think actually Riseborough in two Leslie is doing a decent job. Right, yeah. It's just that it's just that she's not campaigned in that way and it's not it's not been done naturally. It's not the but it's actually not classic, the worst. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually not the worst pick in the world. But, uh, yeah, so just looking at this collection here, I think they got it right in terms of Viola Davis. I think she's deserving because it's a really good physical performance as well, there from her. Um, And, you know, an emotional one as well. Um, And Danielle Deadweiler, I I can't believe that wasn't nominated. I think that was an incredible performance. And nice to see Emma Thompson as well. So, yeah, I liked this category.
0: That's interesting. Um, I will have to check up. Till, because that's one I've not caught up on. Um, and again, kind of So what we were saying before about, you know, Austin Butler and Kate Lachette might be the, the best things about their film. I think Michelle Williams might have been the worst thing about that film for me. Mm. I found that performance just incredibly great. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that one kind of baffled because it was one of them. I think I'd even I watched the film even after the nominations had come out and uh. Fully sort of realised what was going on in, in, in each nomination and stuff, but um, kind of check check your phone afterwards after you come out of the cinema and everything, and saw that she was nominated for that, and I was like, what? they watching a different film than me? Like,
1: what? it's funny though because with with the Baftas, of course, it hasn't got much recognition, but there's still that thing with the Oscars of is this is this going to be the Fableman's year? I don't know. Like, is it gonna be Spielberg's time again? Is that why the But Paul Dano wasn't
0: No, I feel like there was probably some some feeling of that in the and particularly for the Oscars, that like, you know, because they kind of nominated him here here, there and everywhere kind of thing, and it's got a few but I'd be very surprised if he walks away with with much from the Oscars,
1: to be honest. I would be, yeah. I mean, we haven't discussed it much on here, but yeah, I, I don't hate the Fire Woman's. I just, I don't think it's a particularly awards worthy film, especially in that body of work from Spielberg, someone like that. He, he, he strikes me as he could do this sort of stuff standing on his head, but he's just doing it because it's sentimental and it'll get him his awards potentially. Just um, does feel a little bit
0: like he's ticking the yeah. boxes, like, you know, make a film about your biopic and, Make yeah. it all about hollywood and how films are great and then you'll you'll be all right but even that feels yeah. a little transparent for
1: this to be honest yeah i mean yeah he's done the slavery films and the holocaust film and the you know he he does this doesn't he and, the, and now he's doing the personal film but i think it was mark kermode who said it his best personal film is et like he will never make a better yeah personal film than that
0: yeah you want to go about you know Magic and your parents split it up and everything like that. Childs of divorce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're... we're hot take, E.T. is better than The Fableman's.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who'd have thought it? Yeah.
0: Um, which then, that rounds us onto the final award of the night. Um, and I say this... So, this one, again, kind of shocked me a little bit. So, the nominees were All Quiet on the Western Front, Banished of the Sheeran, and Elvis... Everything everywhere all at once and um, tar. Um winner was all quiet on the Western Front. And it it threw me a little bit, I'll be honest. Even though, let's be honest, you kind of look back and you go, Oh, well, it, it won seven awards on the night, you know, technicals and the below the line and the you know, the, the bigger ones. Didn't get any active nominations, I guess, but we yeah. got one nomination but no wins. Um, so maybe that threw me a little bit, but uh Yeah, yeah.
1: What were your thoughts on? Yeah, a bit like Berger winning Best Director. I just didn't see it winning these big major ones. Um, Whether that was just the thought that McDonough and Banshees was just going to be the one for the BAFTAs. Yeah. But even if I'd have took that one out of the equation, I don't think All Quiet... Before these nominations came out, there's no way All Quiet on the Western Front would have been the second film I would have thought that would sweep the BAFTAs. And it hasn't swept it. It's been fairly balanced between those two as the big hitters. But, yeah, best film and best director. I'm not saying it's undeserving. It's in the mix there for me. But, yeah, I was I was surprised. Because I thought what they'll do is they might give Berger best director and give McDonough best film as well.
0: That's the way I thought it was going to go as well, to be fair. And, like yeah. you say, even to the point where I... Because, you know, you've got the acting. Obviously, they both got the... the uh screenplay the uh, wins. But I thought up, up until the moment where they open the envelope and everything, and I thought, oh it's, it's probably gonna be Banshee's anyway. Still a bit a Banshees night, hasn't it? And they go, oh no, it hasn't actually it's been a it's been an all part on the Western front night. It's actually a really big win for them. Big win for Netflix. Um for the Netflix reason alone, I don't think we're gonna actually get a strong showing at the Oscars because the Oscars yeah, hate nah, Netflix. Um but that does as well to me in terms of the Oscar race, mean... Because a lot of people have been saying it's leaning towards everything everywhere all at once. People are saying Banshees might throw it off. Top Gun might be up in there. The fact that Banshees couldn't even get best film at BAFTA suggests to me it's got a lot of runway for everything everywhere at the Oscars
1: now. I don't don't think I had Banshees in the running for best film at the Oscars. No. No. I thought it would sweep this lot because... Of it being yeah. an Irish film and it, just the people involved, McDonough, um Brendan, um Gleason, yeah. uh, Colin Farrell, these are all old school BAFTA, you know. Did Colin Farrell ever win Rising Star?
0: Uh maybe oh, he did. that's a good question. <laughs> Quickly to the internet. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, no, maybe I don't think not he did.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't he, sure. The one's he came only through. been around
0: since 2005, so oh, okay, he probably yeah. is a little bit before pretty,
1: that, yeah. Yeah, he, he was he was daredeviled by that point. Oh, of that. course, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he's been around a long time before that.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought that Banshees was probably favourite in this lot. And then, yeah, All Quiet's kind of come out from nowhere. There was a lot of thing about because All Quiet got the most nominations, but again, it was like June last year got the most nominations because it was always going to get all the... Technical nominations. Yeah. so I didn't read too much into that. So yeah, I was still shocked that All Quiet won the best film. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, what are your what are your favourites for the Oscars?
0: The best so, film. I still think I think now, like you say, it's probably going to be everything everywhere. Um, just having a look at the so the, the, the full list of full list of uh, of nominees is All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water. Branches of Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablements, Tar, Top of Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. So, I know it just it doesn't feel like a an Oscar's film at all. That's that's no, the I thing know. for me yeah. that sort of says because I really like Everything Everywhere All at Once. It's probably the my favorite out of those out of that list. I reckon. Is, yeah, Trial Sadness is up there as well. Um So yeah, I don't know. So I'm kind of like, you know, don't get your hopes up, don't don't hope you know, kind of pin your thing on on that winning, but
1: It would be an amazing win. It's just a lot of the uh, a
0: lot of the like, you know, critics or the like say they won at the directors guild and it's just we'll know more over the next couple of weeks when you get yeah, the producer's yeah, guild and that. the screenwriters guild or everything, but
1: that normally points away to it doesn't it yeah it's just because it's such a genre film yeah and they don't recognize stuff like that but something's happened with this one because it didn't even break like the the box office records did it it did well for what it yeah, was yeah, but yeah it wasn't
0: well it's not avatar and, no no
1: and it and it came early it was a bit like batman kind of area wasn't it when it came out yeah i'm sure it was like man it was yeah like
0: I, I should probably should mention that actually when you mentioned that before that it almost feels like that that wave of, that can sometimes carry a film through like June or, or whatever has done mm. in the past I'm blanking on it, like a decent example of something that actually won, but it um, but kind of feels like that's the wave that that's rode instead of actually Batman or, or even Top Gun yeah. to a degree. Top Gun was obviously a big summer release and yeah, everywhere seems to just be getting all the momentum from that kind of.
1: Yeah. I, I, that's why I'm bringing it up really with the Oscars. Cause I, I still think, it's kind of a fascinating run this year for best film in particular. And I I don't even love a lot of them in there, but I admire a fair few of them, but I just, I I don't know where it's going to go. Tar was the obvious one for me, but nobody seems to think that. And that's not just a personal, I think Tar's the best film. I probably do think it's for me the best film out of that pick, but it looks a million miles away from, being the favourite, so yeah, I don't, know. I don't same, know. Same for like
0: Fablements, I guess. Like, say, I don't know, we weren't quite as high on that film, but what we mentioned before, yeah. you know, it's got all the hallmarks of a, an Oscars film.
1: Um, yeah, that had its moment, didn't it, when it first came out? Everyone said, "Yeah, this is this is going to be the one."
0: It won a, um, was it is it Toronto Festival, which apparently is like a, a big indicator of like the films that can do well at, at the Oscars and stuff, and that won the prize there.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh... And then you got like Triangle of Sadness, which won can. Yeah, yeah, that... and that got a nomination, didn't it, for best film, which is, seemed a little bit left to centre to begin with. But just make you wonder Ooh. if that's kind of
0: going to be where it goes a little bit more now that these films like well, I guess maybe Triangle of Sadness isn't looking like it's going to win, but Parasite was obviously won, Palme d'Or and best picture, and then I don't know if we had a Cannes film festival the year after because. COVID. They
1: didn't, uh, they didn't uh, have the balls to do too tight. Yeah, they, but... and there was no way
0: they were going to do that, was there? It was a bit too weird for the Oscars, so uh, maybe maybe you will get more and more notice from these festival films and stuff, I don't know, but Yeah. It's an interesting one, but I, I enjoyed the, the BAFTAs. I yeah. thought it was a good night. Um, it turns out you know, for all my last minute cramming that I'd actually already seen all the films that won awards barring the yeah. shorts for ages ago anyway, so
1: Pat on the back to both of us. We we did most of our homework. I think we got most of them done, didn't we? That's so, it, yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, I guess unless you've got any, any final thoughts on the
1: No, I just bring on the Oscars and then we can start all this all over again. Get the summer <laughs> out of the way and it, whatever yeah. this year's top gun maverick's gonna be, and get that out of the way, and then we can start speculating on what's gonna win it next year. That's just the uh, the way it goes.
0: But yeah. All over it starts all over again, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, th- thanks for coming on. No worries. Enjoyed I'll it. To, uh, I'll have to get you on again soon, but uh, for now, uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you soon.
1: Cheers, thanks, everyone.